Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Final Tackle Podcast. And we are joined by, honestly, a legend of the game of rugby league. He plays for a town and a team that is called the birthplace of rugby league, Huddersfield Giants. His name is Michael Lawrence. Thank you very much for joining us here. No worries at all. No, happy to be here. Cheers. Honestly, agreed. It's it's great to have someone, especially from the the birthplace of rugby league. And speaking of birthplace, you were actually born in Huddersfield. What was it like, you know, growing up and watching all that? Yeah, um, obviously being a local boy, I played my amateur rugby league in the town for a, a club called News and Panthers. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I was a fan. I was a season ticket holder um, for the Giants. So, um, yeah, I was a season ticket holder from 11 years old and I used to go down pretty much every week. Um, I seen him in Super League, and then I saw him the year they got relegated in, t- in the year two thousand, and then yep. seen him get um, regain promotion. And um, yeah, when I finished up watching some of the players a couple of years later, um, I was lining up alongside, so that was that was pretty surreal. That would have been pretty special. Um, and going through the academy days, as you said, what was it like going through the Huddersfield Academy? Really good. Um, I signed I signed to the, the scholarship um, at, at fourteen years old, and then at sixteen I signed. Um, my first academy contract um, and it was great really um, I really enjoyed them years I was playing um, some really good rugby league at the time I was lucky enough to represent Yorkshire and England academy against the, the Australian schoolboys. boys and oh wow as as academy team was going really well to be honest um, and after I did one season with the academy um, and then at the start of my second year I managed to um, break into the first team and make my first team debut in 2007. Oh. Oh, wow. Wicked. And that actually has a bit of history behind it because you were actually the first person born in the 90s to play first grade rugby league in the Super League. What was that like? Yeah, um, someone told me that um, probably probably the season after, um, that, that little piece of history there. So it's, yeah, it's something that's nice to hang on to. And it's good if there's ever any, any pub quizzes pop up or anything. It's <laughs> a nice little fact to have. Yeah, that's that, honestly definitely a pub quiz question for sure. Um yeah. Obviously, you've played quite a while with um, Huddersfield from 2007 to even this upcoming season. Um, what's it What's it like now compared to you know pre-season in your younger days? And how does how, what do you do differently these days? Um, yeah, my my first few pre-seasons were grueling. Um, they were they were they were old school, as we say, um, pretty much. Um, Nathan Brown just took over. Well, I did one under John Sharp, and then Nathan Brown took over in 2009, and, mm-hmm. and that was that was my first real test of preseason. It was really, really tough. Um, lots of running, lots of weights, long days. Now the very this the um, the very similar. They're just as tough, but there's a lot more science coming over my mm-hmm. career. Um, the, the level of sports science has has, has gone up. You've and, seen and it level game. up throughout your career, sort of thing. But, Hundred percent. I've seen the game change as well. The way that the rules have changed the game and adapted the game, and it's so much faster and more intense is, now. Yeah. And that's the way we train. We train at a very high intensity, but not for very long. Um, but yeah, we're we, we're always trying to train at or above game speed, and, mm. and I think that's up to them. And that's and that's the way training's changed. Really, I'd, I'd say intensity is the main thing that's changed over the years. Yeah, for sure. Um, and obviously, speaking of this upcoming year, the season was very disrupted last year due to COVID, as was every sport. Um, how did you personally handle the, dis- you could say, yeah, disruptions of last season and also coming into this season? Yeah, so obviously last year, it was it was a strange one. We'd had a really good preseason and we mm. started the year house on fire. Obviously, yeah, you did. Four out of those first five and we was really getting into our stride. It's like, ooh. Those- 
they're, they're coming yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, that's it, pretty much. So everyone was really excited, and there was a real good buzz around the place. And then obviously COVID hit all over the world, and it's been terrible what's happened. And uh, we just had to adapt. Obviously, we was off for, for three months on, on furlough, and, and obviously under the rules of the law, you wasn't allowed to, to train together or anything like that. So everybody was ticking over on their own, trying to keep fit. Um, and then we ended up having like a three-week mini preseason before the season started. Yep. Yep. Um, and then obviously first game back against Leeds and we started yep. the first 60 minutes like like we started the season. Oh, and then I don't know yep. what went wrong in the last 20 minutes, but we, we kind of we kind of fell apart really. Kind of maybe put the brakes on a bit maybe. Pretty much, yeah. Maybe we, 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 we got a bit, took it. It was, it was, was, it was a good game. It was a good game. Uh, maybe we thought it was done, but yeah, he came back and, and Gaelic kicked a, a beauty of a drop goal really. And then the same thing happened to us the week after and, um, yeah, and then and then we ended up losing Simon Wolford as well. Mm. Um, that's so, not yeah, a, that's was, never a um, that's never a welcome thing. Losing a coach mid-season sort of thing. So, it's so detangent into that. How did the team handle that? Yeah, it was kind of. It was, it, it, I wouldn't say it was it was disruptive, but it was unexpected. Um, to say, I thought it was probably a little bit harsh at the time that we'd had a couple of one-point losses. And, yeah, um, I reckon. I reckon personally, from an outsider looking in, maybe the um, system should have been like, look, give him till the end of the season at least. Yeah, to be fair, but I, he was off contract, mm, and I know okay. he, was getting, he was getting frustrated with his contract because he'd not re- renewed it yet. Oh, uh, okay, so that would have also weighed into his actual yeah no i get you so he made the decision um i think he took it out of their hands because there was delay um on well, contract. when when he takes it out of their hands it must have really been getting to him that there was a no answer no answer sort of thing yeah pretty much so when he decided to do that i think he said to them i'll be leaving at the end of the season no matter what and then yep. a few days later um the they're like right you can go now <laughs> and that is exactly what happened um so then Robbo took over. Then, like always, when a new coach takes over, um, you get that burst of energy yep. um, and, that, and that new lease of life. And um, it's a fresh face. You've got to impress. And, and we went on a, on, a, on a little run of three three, three wins, um, yep. to be fair, against teams in and around us. Um, but they were the only wins we picked up post-lockdown, really. So mm. it, it was, it, and then we kind of fizzled out in the last few games, really. We, we, had, we had a lot of injuries and... Yeah, it was very stuttery once we came back. So, yeah, it was a little bit disappointing the way we finished the year to the way we started it. Yeah. But when you look back at the season, we had three one-point losses and a loss by two points. So and you had a lot of disruptions, as we just mentioned. So, 100%. So, you change that. We we come out on the other side of them close wins. That's eight points. That put us second in the table. And exactly. You, and you'd, be look, you'd be looking at the season as a massive success. Oh, 100%. So, it shows... It shows we're not we wasn't far away at all. So to uh, be honest, I think any team that didn't get relegated last season, it was a, it was a success for any team that didn't. Hundred um, percent. So yeah, we had a good break and a really good preseason. Obviously, the the signing of Watto was massive, mm. um, and the additions he's brought into the squad, and our old conditioner um, Greg Brown coming back. Obviously, he was massive as well. Um, I know the fans have been crying for him for years <laughs> because. The last actual time we made the playoffs was when Greg Brown he was, was the SNC, country. yeah, yeah, pretty much back in 2015. So, um, uh, yeah, he's massive. He's a massive part in what we do um, and, and the way we will play. Um, but yeah, preseason's gone really, really well. Um, and obviously, we had a good hit out of the weekend against against Leeds. Um, yep, that was a good everyone, game. Yeah, to be fair, everyone put their best foot forward, and and I'm looking forward to starting starting the season in, in two weeks' time.
Yeah, for sure. Um, and speaking of the season, we've got new newcomers, you could say. They've been out of the league for a bit. Lee Centurions. What are your thoughts and are you looking forward to taking on that team this season? Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, I didn't know I didn't know what to make of them really because um, they've, they've recruited a few players, a few players from obviously Hull KR and teams um, mm-hmm. that have struggled last year. But I know they were flying high in the championship and they were challenging for a Super League spot. But yeah. uh, I've took notice of their... The, the game they played the other night against St. Helens, they picked them by one point. And I yeah, know, St. Helens of all teams, yeah. Yeah, that's no mean feat. So, no, the, I, I think they're, they're definitely up here just not not trying to stay up. They, they, they want to compete. So, mm. no, the, the one thing that last year's taught me is that there's no easy games in Super League no more. No, and you have, to, you, have, you have to be on your game every week, otherwise you'll get turned over pretty much. We found out that the hard way last season in the Challenge Cup after beating St. Helens mm. at St. For the first time um, in since for two years, I think we were the, wow. we were the first we were beat at home. Um, the week after we got nailed against Toronto at home, oh. so it just shows. Yep, it just shows. It just shows that if if you're not on your game, you will get turned over by anybody. So no, we can't take no one for granted. And I, I think they'll go well. I think they'll get the fair share of wins this season. I so definitely, I definitely think they'll avoid relegation. That's for sure. And they'll give it a, a red hot crack while they while they go at it. And speaking of this season, obviously the Rugby League World Cup is coming up at the back end of the year. Are you hoping to play for Jamaica or for England? I'll be playing. I'm hoping to play for Jamaica. Obviously, wow. uh, yeah. Ever since, ever since qualification, um, in how good? 2018, yeah. Um, all focuses have been representing Jamaica. Um, like, you, like you've the- sworn your alliance to Jamaica for the World Cup. Yeah, pretty much. Um, my, my, I'm really proud of my heritage and and, and the fact that Jamaica, Jamaica have quali- qualified is history making. It is, been yeah. Playing- We've only been playing rugby league for 11 years, so to qualify for a major tournament is massive. And for sure. I'm really looking forward to being a part of history at the end of the year. So, no, yeah, all the guys are really excited. Um, we've got a good, a good coaching team and, and a marketing team on board in Alex Simmons and Jason Robinson. Yep. Um, Shep Walker, they're all on the coaching staff. So, no, we're excited and we're hoping to go to the World Cup and compete. So, um, that's what all focuses on this season and, and throughout the year. Yeah, well, fingers crossed for Jamaica. Obviously, I'll be rooting for the Kangaroos, but that's because I'm an Aussie. But honestly, best of luck to you and the Jamaican team regardless, because like you said, it's definitely history, definitely history making. Now, during the lockdown uh, and or multiple lockdowns that have happened, what was your Netflix binge? Oh, Netflix. (laughs) Or binges. I feel like I've completed it, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what what have been some shows that you've binged then? Um, let me think. What have I been watching? I've literally just finished um, Last Chance You. I love that. Uh, okay. the basketball. Yep. football. Uh, I've not I watched it, but it. I, I, it is on my to-watch list. Um, what else have I been watching? Uh, i watched pretty much everything. Um, Let's see, it's more it? of a what haven't you watched. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's, 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 that's the easy one. I've watched all the films I've watched. Um I like Snow Pierce. I watched that one where mm. I've heard of it. I've not seen it yet, but yeah. Yeah, what what some big ones on that? I can't remember. Tiger I've, King. I've at, Tiger King watched that. That was hilarious. That's so um, funny, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that was a good one. Real talk. Did, uh, she, did, she, did she kill her husband? Uh, yes, <laughs> yeah, I, reckon I reckon so. <laughs> I reckon so. I just finished watching that um, Cecil Hotel. That was eerie. Yeah, that's uh, pretty. That's pretty. Yeah. yeah. Have you have you seen Ratchet? No, not as of yet. Uh, what about the yet. Queen's Gambit? That's an all right show. Queen's Gambit, yeah, that That's was good. good I finished one, that one. 
Yeah, that is very good, to be honest. Uh, yeah, very good. Uh, so Michael Lawrence approves of yeah, Queen's Gambit, Tiger King, um, what was that other one? Snowpiercer, and basically Obviously, Netflix yeah. in general. Pretty much in general, yeah, in general. Uh, yeah, I, I like anything, any kind of, I like the gangster stuff yep. and any kind of murder mystery, yeah, I like. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Um, so I'm just going to go for some fans. They've, they've sent through some voice messages for their questions. So this no one comes from Aiden, and he asks this question. So the question is, who's the hardest player to play against? Who's the one who you know is going to hurt you the hardest when you're coming up against them? Who's the hardest one you've ever played against? Ooh, the hardest player I've ever played against. Got to be Adrian Molly, maybe. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. He's <laughs> the one who first came to my head, yeah, pretty much. Um as as when when I was first coming through at Huddersfield, um, when he was playing for Warrington, mm-hmm. they were kind of our bogey side. I think we played them like eleven times in the space of two three years, and we didn't beat him once. Wow! And he was always a very dominant force. Every time we played against him, he, he, and he, he was he, settled down by the time he was at Warrington compared to over in the NRL. That's what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> I used to love watching him um, in the NRL back in the day. To be fair, uh, yeah, but no, it was. He was very good, very good, very strong, very tough to play against. One of the toughest players I've ever played against, I reckon. Okay, and to tangent back into that question, who would be the current toughest player to go against as in player that's still currently playing? Oh, it's, well, literally, it's a tough one because I would have said um, uh, Sean O'Loughlin until, but he's retired last Mm -hmm. year, so... um, I tell you, he's very tough, but Mm -hmm. you wouldn't expect it from his position... But Tommy Lulua, he's yeah. one of the hardest hitting players I've ever played against ever. Wow. Um, yeah, if you if you if you run at him, you know about it pretty much. And <laughs> you'll see, yeah. you know, you'll see, you'll seen over the years. He's he's bent many a player in half. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's got he's got great technique and he's very very strong. So yeah, I put Tommy Lulua up there as one of, as one of the toughest players to play against, definitely. Oh, for sure. And we've got two more questions, and this these two come from Brad. He asks the following questions. One second. Play, damn it. Bear with me. There we go. No worries. Thank you, CJ. Here are my two questions for Michael. What would Michael describe as the best try that he scored for the Giants? Um, in his day, he used to be somewhat of a try machine. <laughs> and secondly, how much is Michael looking forward to playing in the Rugby League World Cup at the end of the year for Jamaica, which is when he will be based in Leeds. Thank you. I've got, I've got two that stick out in my memory fondly. Um, so the first one is um, we 2010. Um, it was the, the semi-final before the, before the grand final. We were playing St. Helens at Nosey Road. Um, and I was on the wing at that time, wing centre. And um, I caught a kick from Danny Bruff. And then I put a little grubber, grubber kick in myself and managed to... Um, get around Francis mm-hmm. Melly and I, and I got the perfect bounce and it put us in front um, at that stage. I think either in front or brought us level um, at St. Helens and at that stage yeah. I was like, we was probably, it was just, just before half time and we, we was hopeful that we'd be on his way to a grand final but unluckily we just missed out that time to be fair. Leeds won it that year. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's it, yeah. And then the, the second, the second one is 2011 yeah. and we were playing against St. Helens again at home. Um, and Leroy made a break down the left-hand side of the field and then he flicked me one of the most outrageous passes I've ever seen on a rugby league field. Like it's astounding uh, you managed to catch it, I'm guessing. 
Yeah, pretty much. Um, it's yeah, it's it's a ridiculous pass. He, he flicked past it out the back of his hand about twenty meters, um, and then I catch the ball about twenty meters out and and managed to finish it off under the stick. So yeah, they, them two go down as my, as my two favorite tries I've ever scored in Giants colours. Oh, for sure. Um, and his second question was obviously we've already covered it, but to help you know answer his question is, are you looking forward to representing Jamaica? Yeah, I can't wait. Anytime, I, the, the last time I obviously pulled on the jersey was, it was 2019 against the England Knights and the the feeling of pride. Um, was it a bit, that, did that you I feel had. it even more so um, as in that feeling of pride, pride when you pulled on the Jamaica jersey compared to when you pulled on the Knights jersey? I feel so because of the pride that it, um, that my, it felt for my parents mm. more than anything else. Obviously, for me, playing for England at the time, I obviously did that first and it was massive and I've, I've never been... But you got proud. to represent your family and where they come that's from it. and your culture and your heritage, etc. That's it, yeah, my heritage. The, when I told my dad I was playing for Jamaica, I've never seen him as proud in my life. Like, I've told him about England, I've told him about making my debut. Yeah. But when I said I was playing for Jamaica, the, the, the change and the look in his eyes... It, it, I knew it meant Man, a lot I'm getting to goosebumps just hearing this. <laughs> yeah, my mum was exactly the same. They were both born on the island, so they're Jamaican through and through. So for me to, I think for me to be proud of my heritage makes them feel really happy as well. And then obviously getting to represent on such a stage like the World Cup, that yeah, means a lot. Yeah, that'll be amazing. Honestly, anyone who can't get to the World Cup, because they're still on the fence whether there's going to be allowed fans or not, be sure to tune in, you know. I'll, I know I'll be watching at ungodly hours of the morning here in Australia. Um, so, honestly, again, Rugby League World Cup, let's go. Um, some more topics. Bruno, the nickname. How did that come about? <laughs> so, this this started a long, long time ago when I was about seven years old in junior school. Okay. Um, it just started um, – I had a, my voice was probably as deep then as it is now. Um, <laughs> Literally, we we was playing, um, picking teams to play um, football, so soccer, as you guys had called yep. um, at the time. And I was in year seven, um, no, year three. And yep. obviously, the, one of the older boys that was in year six, he was picking the teams and he picked me. And I, I started laughing at it because he made a joke, started laughing. And he goes, oh, he laughs like Frank Bruno. And just stuck from then on. And literally, yeah, just word of mouth, it spread around the school. And then, and then through the academy and then through into the Super League. <laughs> And that's it. It's just stuck ever since. So, yeah, no, that's where the name comes from. The deep voice and the laugh uh, yeah. and the likeliness to Frank Bruno. Yeah, fair. And speaking of your, of obviously, the APL, do you follow a team in the APL? Um, not so much. I, I follow Huddersfield Town. Um, obviously, there was in the APL a few years back. But, um, and now in the EFL, aren't they? Yeah, that's it. So, but the 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 couple of years when they were in the Premier League, it was awesome. Oh, um, I know the feel. I'm a, I'm a Leeds United fan, so getting yeah, that, that promotion, that, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent best feeling. Eh? The best feeling. So, um, no, but they're back in the Championship, and I think that's their level. That's where they're comfortable at, and 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 that's where that's where they're playing. So, hopefully, hey, as long as they play well in whatever tier they're in, then that's all you can ask, you know. That's it, yeah. They're battling to stay up from relegation. They're just above the relegation zone at the moment, so hopefully it'll stay that way. Well, still plenty of match days to go, so they're definitely yeah, definitely a chance to avoid relegation. Um, just going through the list, if you could have a superpower, what would it be and why? Superpower? Mm. Oh, that'd be interesting. What would it be? Uh, a superpower would be... Oh, just... just... Um, I reckon to be able to like 
to stop time mm. in your life. So like not get old oh, <laughs> pretty okay. much. Okay. So kind of, kind of live forever, but, but not. don't age. Yeah. So kind of like Peter Pan ish. Yeah. So okay. you kind of stop at an age that you like yep. pretty much. And you just, uh, but you stay so. that age knowing what you know then. And that way you technically don't get old. You know, I get yeah. you. Yeah. 100% yeah because yeah getting old's no fun and yeah I like to be around for a long time pretty much so yeah being able to stop time kind kind of uh, being able to live together but stop time and live in that period for a good while no nah, that's fair um how do you like your steak cooked if you eat steak that is because I know quite a few yeah. um, sportsmen aren't part of me aren't meat eaters no, no I'm, I'm I'm very fond of meat to be honest um uh, I'd say medium well medium well yeah not too uh, medium well medium sometimes yep if you weren't doing rugby league professionally what career do you think you would have taken up um i'd be a PE teacher to be honest i was close to doing that before um i started playing so um obviously I, after i finished school at 16 obviously signed to the academy that year that when i was in the academy i was at college um, i ended up um i finished college i got my a levels in in sports and exercise science um and i'd applied to go to uni mm-hmm. but then i signed first team and started playing for the first team um so i kind of just put it off in 2017 i had a big um, knee injury that that year um so that kind of gave my my head a check really that obviously rugby league don't last forever and mm. you need to plan for, for life after so i signed up to uni then um at that time and, uh, and i'm i'll i'm in the fourth year of my degree at the moment i should graduate this summer oh wow um, congratulations do, thank you um I'm, and that's in a sports coaching degree and then hopefully I want to do my, uh, well, I'll be starting teacher training in, in September. So oh, wow. That'll be awesome. Yeah. Within the next couple of years, hopefully I'll be a qualified PE teacher. And that's what I want to do. That's what I want to do back then. Yeah. If I didn't make a rugby player. And that's what I want to do once, once rugby is eventually over. Now that's wicked. And in 2019, you were granted not just a testimonial game, a testimonial year. What was that like to obviously be told, yeah, we'll give you a year and, you know, the whole season in general what was it like for you personally oh it was awesome um obviously um it's I was something i'm really proud of achieving playing such a long time at my own time club i'm coming into my 14th season this year um so yeah to be given that year was was, was great and um the testimonial game to have all my family and my friends there and and i put on a fair few events throughout the year that i think i think the fans enjoyed and um, no, yeah, it was great and something something I'm really proud of achieving. Now, honestly, congrats. Anyone who gets a testimonial year, let alone game, but year is amazing. Um, we just got a question sent right now from a person called Joseph. He didn't send a voice message, but he sent a message saying, um, who is the best player you've ever played with that never made it to Super League? That never made it to mm. Super League? best player I've ever played with. Whether that was growing up or academy days or uh, something like that? It would have to be probably academy days uh, and, and growing up also. So um, in my team at News and Panthers, there was a guy called Ryan Healer. He was an absolute gun. Um, he's living out in Australia at the moment. Oh, wow. He played, yeah, I know he played some um, rugby for, I think it's Rockhampton the last yep. few years. Yep, um, that'd be in the Q Cup, yeah. Yeah, um, so... No, yeah, he, he was he was great. He was an absolute gun growing up. Um, unfortunately, when we got to the academy, he had a, he had a big shoulder injury. Oh, um, yep. And then from then, um, yeah, he pretty, pretty much struggled from there. But um, yeah, he he'll, he'll be the best player that the guy that would have been tipped to be playing Super League. But the what could have been the the you could say the prover- yeah the proverbial what could have been really. 
acquitted, which, yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, so. wow. Well, there's your answer, Joseph, um, for when you do listen to this episode. Do you have any pregame routines or rituals? And if not, who has in your team has the weirdest pregame ritual? Um, my pregame ritual, I'm a little bit um, superstitious, so I have to do the same things. So okay, I, and what, what are these certain things? Um, so obviously the night before the game, I have to eat the same food. So I'll eat um, spaghetti bolognese the night before. Yep, got to get uh, them carbs. Yep. Pretty much, but it's got, it's got to be corn. It can't be minced. So I'll have, I'll have vegetarian spaghetti bolognese the night before a game. Just got it to, yeah, feels a lot lighter and um, on the stomach and easier to digest the yep. next day. Don't feel it ever. Um, on the day of the game, I'm pretty strange. I have to get dressed in a certain order. Okay. Is <laughs> um, it like socks and then yeah. then then undies yeah, and then shorts cool. and all that? Or is it oh, yeah, socks, boots, yeah. and then shorts? <laughs> it's undies, shorts, socks, boots, strap. Yep. Strap has to be done. And then the final thing's a shirt. Yeah, yep. definitely. But yeah. Okay. Know, but I have to get dressed in a certain order, um, eat at a certain time, drink certain amounts of fluid. Yeah. I'm a little bit. Um, I'm, I have to make sure all the boxes are ticked because I feel like if you're prepared and you've done everything possibly can do to get then all there, then it's up to the gods when you get on the grass. That's it. Yeah, you've done everything you can. This is it. This is it. You you're prepared. You're ready to go. Um, That's fair. But one of the weirdest. I, I, the honestly, weirdest? I wouldn't say yours is more of a ritual. I'd say it's more structure. Is what yours sounds yeah, more like. Much, yeah. yeah. But what would be the yeah. weirdest one you could that you've that you've seen or heard of? Chris Foreman, um, my first, um, he was, well, he was my first captain when I played and then he came to, and then he, he went onto the coaching staff at Huddersfield Giants eventually. Um, but yeah, he, he used to make himself sick before every game. That was weird. Okay. Like hear. a, like, was it like the two minute bell type spew or? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It was just like, at the time I was only 17 and I was, I, like, I was new to the team. <laughs> And then I can hear him spewing up before every game, and this is the captain. Yeah, and I'm thinking, <laughs> you're like, shit, are we gonna lose? What, what, what are they gonna do to me if he's spewing up like that? <laughs> so yeah, it was it was every game. It was destroy the toilet, and then he'd go out there and play awesome. But yep. yeah, that was one of the weirdest ones. And he just said, I have to do it. He goes, once I've done it, I'll feel good and I'll, I'll play well. So yeah. yeah, I reckon that's that's the weirdest ritual. It would, it would probably eventually get to be muscle memory for him. Like those first few would have been forced. But like after about five games, it would have just been, like it'll just happen. Yeah. I just, I don't, well, yeah. yeah, that's so interesting. Suleiman, yeah, that's it. Suya Matangis was was weird last year mm. as well. That's the most recent one. He'd have a, a freezing cold shower like mm. minutes before we'd go out as well. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And then he's yeah. got to put his kit on real quick. Pretty much. Yeah, that was it. Just a freezing cold shower. He said. Um, he said. He said. He got his mind right. So. Each okay. to their own. Players have got to do what they've got to do, haven't they? Yeah, uh, for sure. Honestly, exactly. In 2013, you guys won the League Leaders' Shield. What was that like being part of that? That was awesome. Um, every single year that goes by, it becomes a little bit more special to me because I realised what we did. Um, like how time, how hard it is to attain sort of thing. Exactly, how hard it is to achieve. At the time, um, I took winning for granted, I'd say. Because when I first came into the team, the first year I played games and we finished mid-table in 2008. And then from 2009 to 2015, we were really successful. Mm, yeah. Um, and, and we'd be in, in and around the playoffs pretty much every year, nowhere near relegation or, or anything like that. And yeah, success success was normal to me back then. But now as the years have gone on and 
over the past few years, we've gone over a bit of a restructuring and through some adversity, I've seen now how how special it was, what we actually achieved was. So, no, yeah, that, that, that year was great. Obviously, we had a great team. We had great consistency. We didn't pick up many injuries. And, yeah, we was unlucky not to, to make it to, 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 obviously, Old Trafford. But, no, to, to have lifted the League of League Shield and, and written our name down in history is something I'm very, very proud of achieving. Yeah, for sure. Um, a little bit of a curveball question. It's I just thought of it while we were talking. Who would be your favourite, or not favourite, you know, but who is... Which Australian import into Huddersfield of the last two or so years, you know, Aiden Caesar, etc., has benefited your personal game the best? The last two years. Yeah, the last let's let's say since the twenty nineteen season was basically the last full season. Yeah, oh, Caesar has to be. Yeah, yeah. Caesar. Uh, obviously, he, he came in last year, and the first the first training session, you can see that he was absolute quality. Um, and he expects the best and he demands the best and he makes he, everyone raise their levels. Yeah, but he wouldn't that's ask what, more than what he would personally give. 100%, that's the thing. Um, he, he's going to give everything. He's a competitor. He's an, he's an elite player. Um, and he expects that of everybody else and, and everyone else follows. And, and he makes me want to, to up my game mm-hmm. uh, and play the best I can um, so that so that we're up there playing at the same level that he likes to compete at. And, we know that's what that's what you need to to be the best, and obviously he's played in NRL Grand Finals, and um, he knows what it takes to to, to get, to get to the there, yeah, stage, uh, pretty much. And that's what we're trying to do. That's what we're striving to do. No, of course. Um, let's go through the list. Let's see: superpower, steak, routines, lockdown, Netflix, COVID, uh, upcoming season we've covered, World Cup, Jamaica, League Leaders Shield. 1990s first person born testimonial year your England Knights debut um, yeah. obviously as we've, we've mentioned Jamaica and all that and we have mentioned a little bit of um, the Knights you made your debut for the England Knights in 2012 what was it like getting the call up and going into your, you could say the camp and all that sort of stuff it was awesome um, yeah um, I was 21 at the time and I'm really really happy, uh, really happy when I got the call um, going into camp was great because the camps were with the, the first team squad. Mm-hmm. So we trained with the first team squad. So it, it was an elite environment that I'd, that I'd not been in for a few years. The last time I was in an environment like that was probably England um, under 18s academy tour to Australia um, back in 2008. So it had been four years since I'd played proper representative rugby. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so to get called into the camp was great. And um, we went, we went um, to Ireland and Scotland and played in the European Cup and won both games. And um, in the first game, I scored a try and, and we beat Ireland and I got man of the match. So I was really happy with the way I played. Um, and obviously to lift the cup for England was great. And then obviously the year after we played Samoa in a World Cup warm-up game. Yep. And they had a really good side, um, packed with stars um, at the time, Anthony Milford and, and all these players. And um, yeah, we ended up putting 50 points in them. Oh, wow. Fair. So Yeah, pretty much. So no, we was really happy again. So I've had two and Scott again when I played for England again that time. So That was against Tonga, no, was it? That was against Samoa. Oh, Samoa, uh, yeah. Samoa, Samoa in 2013, so just before the World Cup. Um, so no, yeah, um, I really, really enjoyed um, playing for England. Unfortunately, in the years after, um, obviously, never quite um, broke into, into into the top squad, um, unfortunately. There's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of competition lot of to get yeah, into that team. Yeah, there's a lot of depth and competition in in, in, in the forwards um, in that England team, and unfortunately I missed out. But um, obviously the, the opportunity for, to play for Jamaica came up um, in 2018 and 2019, and 
and that's what all, all my focus is on now definitely now that's awesome um if you could be offered a contract to any NRL club, or regardless if you know the Raiders always recruiting from England, but in general, if you could be contracted to an NRL club for like the final few years of your career, who would it be and why? Um, Brisbane Broncos. Yes. Um, I'm a, Brisbane, I'm a Broncos uh, I'm fan. A, <laughs> yeah, I'm a Broncos fan. Um, I've been for a, a long time. Uh, Darren Lockyer was an idol of mine yep, growing up. Same. Uh, massive, massive fan of Wayne Bennett and yeah, no. Um, obviously, when we came on on the tour to Australia, um, we got to go to watch a Brisbane game, and I've never been as, as excited. Oh, how good! Life, was it at Suncorp? Yeah, yeah there's oh, nothing better than mate. This Suncorp, is, yeah. mate, goosebumps, hundred percent. I was born in Brizzy, and I'm I don't live in Queensland anymore. I moved down yeah. to New South Wales when I was four. I made the pilgrimage, you could say, back up there in 2017. Yeah. Went to a home game, and mate, as you said, nothing compares. No, nothing better. Uh, it was awesome. Um, and they won the beat the Sharks. And hey, night. they're uh, more or less the same colours as Huddersfield a little bit. That's what I mean, <laughs> yeah. So pretty much similar kits and that. So no, yeah, if any if any, if any, any club I could go to, it'd be Brisbane. We actually, when we came on the tour, they, um, they were lucky enough to let us come into the, go down to the training. Oh, wow. The old, the old one at the time. Yeah, Red Hill, Hill, yep. But, yeah, we got to go watch the boys go through their captain's run and have a look around and use their facilities as well. So Wow. No, yeah. Has been my first choice option. That would have been awesome. Um, that, that kind of also helps save me ask the question: Which team do you follow in the NRL? If you do, that answers that. Um, yeah. Just trying to think of if there's any other questions. Oh yes, I've got two more to think of. Um, do you have any words for the fans of Huddersfield for the upcoming season? Any words? Um, yeah, hopefully, um, stay positive. That would be mine. Obviously, it's been very tough for the fans over the past year with with COVID. Um, but obviously now with the with the vaccine rollout and things seem to be easy and hopefully they'll be back soon enough and and they'll be able to get back in stadiums because um, for me they're so important. I was going to um, say, do you uh, notice a difference in the stands when they're not there? Ma- massive, massive. There's just no atmosphere. Mm. It's not the same. Fans, fans are sport, and without and without, without fans, fans, there's no sport really. No, yeah, that's it. That's it, pretty much. So. No, we miss them, and and hopefully, obviously, they'll be back back soon enough. But yeah, stay positive. It won't be long. Hopefully, before they're back and and enjoying live rugby league again, and hopefully, we can give them a season to remember. Yeah, let's go. And one last question or topic you could say is: Do you have any advice for any youngsters that are you know coming through the academy and or in general that would just love to make you know the first grade team one day? A hundred percent. Just work hard. Work hard. Um, that's all I did at the age. I was just like them. I had a dream, um, pretty much when I was when I was young, playing rugby at my local club, and I just worked hard and wanted it more than more than anybody else. And um, work hard and enjoy it. That's the main thing. You've got to enjoy it. You've got to love the game because if if you're not enjoying it, um, you won't try hard at anything you do. So um, keep that enjoyment and and just try your best in um, every opportunity you get to train or play. Enjoy it and, and have fun. Hey, football is the great.